Radio VUCA. say anything to you. About what? Uh, the game thing. Game? Uh, drives. Game drives. Huh? I, uh, he did mention it to me. What's this, huh? Uh, a proposal Mac Mac has for you and me. He was worried about us working at the taxi rank while all this drug stuff is going on. And he thought uh, we might want to take some time off and go work for Stevie Steve. You mean at the game for? Yeah, uh, taking tourists on game drives. Oh, <laughs> it's a nice idea. Yeah, no. Well, nice of him to want you guys to be safe. Yeah, no, well, very nice. Shame, what a sweet bra. But, uh, yeah, a, a game farm, huh? I don't know. Uh, that's a whole different kettle of lions or whatever. I told him I couldn't do it. I'd lose too many customers, and even if I made the same money while I was at Stevie Steve's, I got to think about the vehicle wearing and tearing. It's bumpy or up on those roads, eh? Shots. You won't use your own taxi for the game drives. Wouldn't I? Of course not, my short bra. You'll be in a lekka paw by paw, one of those open-top things with a four-wheel drive. Hey, I never thought of that. I couldn't do it. I gotta be here. Would be quite to drive a four-by-four, though. Yes, but we couldn't just most drive around, eh? We'd be showing the tourists all the stuff. Yeah, the animals. Animals, yeah. Uh, birds. Trees. Snakes. Snakes. <laughs> I, I, I can't go. I just know elephants and lions and leopards and tigers and that. Ah, come on, Kutops. There's no tigers in Africa. Right. And no wolves. No. But uh, there's hyenas. My baru. Those are the most hectic. Are there hyenas at Steve's, huh? Uh, could be. Except if I saw a hyena, I would cruise out of that park and never look back. Those tourists would just have to come with me back to the city in a flash drive. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole thing with the game drives. You drive very slowly, and when you see something that could eat you up one time, instead of driving away, you have to stop the car and watch it. Except if it charges, then you gun it. Gun it? Uh, drive fast. Oh. Uh, but, but say, now you are in the 4x4 under a tree, watching this big, huge elephant. And you are saying to your tourists, so there's this nice old Ailey, and he's having a good lunch eating those leaves. And then, <laughs> a leopard jumps down from the trees and bites one of those tourists' heads off. Then, what you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> then you have to fight a leopard. Or when you try and drive off, there's a leopard there with you just chowing all those tourists. Ah, come on, shorty, my brother. That would never, ever happen. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, but you'd have seen the leopard in the tree when you first drove up. Only if you were really trained. Uh, those guys are camouflaged, they say. Mm, well, I think we made the right decision. Yeah, we are not made for driving in the bush. Ah. Imagine if we'd said yes to McMack. You would have died. No, you wouldn't. Uh, leopard bite for dead sure. Morning, Jan. Yay, Mavusan. Oh, morning. Where did you pop out of? Oh, the kitchen. Just dropping off some help from my mom. Hey, how's everyone? Oh, well, well. Uh, we were just talking leopards. Uh, wildlife. Oh, yeah? Uh, but we moved on from there. Uh, now, uh, tell me, how is Bongi doing? Oh, very well. The doctor says she'll be home pretty soon. Ah, grand. Ah, oh, that wonderful news. Your mother must be very relieved. Yeah, it's been heavy for her. 
But I hope we're still all on schedule for reading to the little one, eh? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've got my book ready. Ah, uh, me, uh, I do stories out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful, because uh, I'll be off duty for a couple of weeks. Why, Mr. Watwat? Uh, you're going away? Oh, I am. Uh, pretty Dad and I are off to Japan uh, via Singapore. Japan? Yo! Hello, stranger. Hi. We need to talk, Harry. I, no, no, I was just leaving. I uh, got a meeting with Reuben. Books and... Uh, no, you don't. Mel? I'm not letting you out of here until you acknowledge my presence. Well, I'm talking to you and looking at you while you block the doorway. How is that not acknowledging your presence? I just want a quick word. Oh, get out of my way. I'm late for Reuben. Please, like you have a meeting. <sighs> what do you want? For you to treat me like a human being. You don't even greet me when I walk into a room, and every time I'm anywhere in your vicinity, you run off. I've been busy. I'm busy. Harry, this is me you're talking to. What do you want me to say? I felt really close to you during the play. Yes, and... well, that's what happens in plays, sweetie. You work together, you're best of friends, and it's over, and you're not. It's contextual. You're old enough to know that by now. But I work with you here. We're seeing each other every day. I mean, I get it. We had a very emotional time on Shrew, and maybe we were a little wild and crazy sometimes, but that doesn't mean you have to throw up a wall between us. You're being melodramatic. Okay. Then tell me how you're feeling. Fine. I feel fine. Liar. Mel, honestly. Well, I don't feel so fine. I've been depressed since the play finished, and now I've got that cow Samantha Brown to deal with. Yes, I heard from Silas. Oh, it's so gross. She asked him to do this ridiculous modelling gig, and he was forced to walk off set because they came with a curveball that made it impossible for Silas to go through with it. Mm. Now I have to take that woman on, like full on. Mm, good luck with that. She's the last person on earth I'd want to cross swords with. She doesn't scare me. If she wants a fight, she must come and get it, because I'll be ready. Mel, um... Before you go, um, that night... What night? That night, uh, that night, uh, last week. Ah, <laughs> that night! It, it never happened. I beg your pardon? I was drunk, you were drunk, and that was it. Harry, what are you saying? Keep your voice down. We had something years ago, but that's all in the past. Petruchio and Katharina, Harold and Melissa, history. You got that? Over and done with. Sports report today, where we're talking about how careful athletes need to be about the supplements they're taking when training. I know that many top athletes feel they're walking a tightrope when they train for major events like the recently completed Comrades Marathon. There are so many supplements that suddenly appear on the banned substances list that it's often very hard to keep up. That is why it's so important to keep in touch with the Comrades Association and the various other sporting bodies so that you stay informed. Otherwise, you may find yourself in the situation 2012 comrades winner Ludwig Mamabolo was in last year. He went through a terrible time trying to prove that he did not take a performance-enhancing stimulant either before or during the race. It turned out that Mamabolo was given an already open drink after the race, and he didn't even have a clue what was contained in the drink. Which brings up another issue. Athletes should never accept open drinks from anyone at these major events. Apart from the fact that deadly rivals may be out to sabotage their chances, there's also the chance that the innocent beverage may contain some substance on the banned list. And speaking of beverages, staying hydrated is a must for training and competing. Stay locked onto the Sports Report. I'll be back with more training tips after the break. And you clear. Thanks, Brad Doggy. 
I can't believe that Comrades 2013 has already come and gone. Yeah, Braddock. And the guys will soon start training for the Comrades 2014. A month or so off and they'll be at it again. Remember when Gift and Pell were training so madly for it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gift even ran it twice. Seems like a million years ago. Well, if it was, the treadmill in the storeroom would have disintegrated by now. Oh, the treadmill. My gosh. I really must get it removed somehow. It's just wasting space in there. Unless we fix it. That's an option. Do you know anything about treadmill maintenance? No, but maybe Vusi might. I'll ask him. Wonderful, thanks. If we get it going again, I might even go for a run in the storeroom. I can't talk now. Then why do you answer the phone? Force of habit. Listen, Melissa, we used to have a friendship, so I'm trying to be civil here. I said I can't talk now. I'm in the middle of a many. I don't care what you're in the middle of. You're going to talk to me now. Fine, but I hope you remember this when you're next at the salon. And when you are, I hope... I, I hope they cut off all your fingers. Oh, don't be too venile, Melissa. Now, you better listen to me and listen well. As I said, we were on friendly terms at one time, and out of respect for that, I'd like to keep this as clean as possible. Fine! Then put the phone down and stop hassling me. As Silas's agent, you have to take responsibility for his unacceptable actions. His actions were not... His actions were not despicable. Yours were. I don't know what people you're used to dealing with, but my clients and I expect a certain degree of professionalism. And when there is a blatant disregard... Professionalism? Where was professionalism when Silas had an animal thrust on him during the shoot? An animal he was not told about up front. If your people had informed him correctly about what was expected regarding the animal, he never would have accepted the gig. Regarding the animal? Please, it was a tiny kitten. It's still an animal. Oh, I don't have time to have pointless back and forth with you now. All you need to know is that a fat bill's coming away from the Bonhomme people. Studio and photographer's fees included. I look forward to receiving it and seeing you again in court. Nice of you to come round. No problem. What are those? Uh, it's just some things for your cold. Honey, ginger, lemon, propolis. Propolis? Yeah, bee stuff. Holds the hive together and protects the bees from germs. Ooh, looks ominous. <laughs> Doesn't taste too bad if you take it with honey. And it works like a charm on colds and things. Mm, thanks. I'm getting a flu shot, though. I should be fine. Okay. But I'm still making you some ginger tea. Oh, yeah. And the garlic. Garlic tea? <laughs> no, man. You, you finally chop up a little clove of garlic and swallow it with a gulp of some ginger tea. Uh, you can do that. I'm not going to. Oh, come on. You've got to give it a whirl at least once. Where are your knives? Second drawer to your left. Ah. Oh. Well, flu shots are all very well, but it doesn't do your body any good to block illness, you know? You might as well just let yourself be sick, rest, and take some pneumatic stuff to get all the gunk out. I don't want to have anything to do with gunk, thank you very much. Okay, just saying. The only way is through. Oh, shut up, you old hippie. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still making you some remedies. Yeah, you go ahead. You can't force me to take them, though. So, any word from V? Yes, thank goodness she's coming home. Oh, Harold, that's wonderful, man. I'm so relieved. Oh, me too, me too. I'd be even more relieved if... Uh, well, I mean, never mind. What? No, it's nothing. It, it might be nothing. I, I hope it's nothing. What is it? I... 
Well, you know, I had that prostate issue and... and uh, uh, yeah, you went for the test the other day. Yeah, but it seems my PSA count is a bit high for comfort. Oh, dear, that's not necessarily bad, is it? Well, it's so ruddy difficult to understand what it's all about. It seems that I've had a sudden increase in my PSA level. It stands for prostate-specific antigens. <laughs> I mean, I throw these words around. The doctor tells me this whole gobbledygook of information, and I stand there nodding frantically as though I know what's going on. But <sighs> Now, where was I? High PSA count. Uh, right. Uh, so, apparently that could mean I have prostate cancer, but it could also mean that I don't. But I'm at risk. But it could also mean I have a urinary tract infection or that I'm actually perfectly healthy because some of these tests give false positive results. It's, uh, it's all very confusing. <laughs> it is, yeah. Shame, Harold. I just, um... Yeah. Uh, but please don't tell anybody about this. I don't want V to find out. Why? I mean... No, you must. No, 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 it'll only frighten her. It'll frighten her more if you don't tell her. She's been gone a long time. I don't want our reunion to be wrecked by this, this stupid thing. This stupid thing is your health, Harold. Promise me you won't say anything to anyone, Reuben. Please? Come on, sailors. I know it's a big disappointment, but goodness, you look like you've attended three funerals in a row and have another one coming up tomorrow. Yeah, it's only moolah, after all. It would have been a lot of moolah, though, and it would have been all mine. But there's more where that came from, brother. There will be other modeling gigs. Exactly. So you lost one job, more will come. Anyway, it's not so much losing the job that's got me down as all of this other nonsense post the disastrous non-starter of a gig. Why, what's happened, huh? Is old Samantha trying to get you to give it another go? No. She and the Bonhomme people are trying to make Mel and me pay for the shoot that never happened. Ah, but can't they just get another model to do it? Yes, but they want us to cover the cost of the photographer and the studio fees and the makeup artist and goodness knows what else. But that's ridiculous, sailors. They were the ones who didn't stick to the contract. I know, but they're blaming me and they're demanding a lot of cash. Don't buy it, my China. They were the ones who threw a kitten at you at the last moment. I can't afford to pay it, never mind anything else. Oh, well, from uh, everything Melissa's told me, these fellas behave completely unprofessionally in not being upfront about what the job involved. You don't owe them a cent, sailors. Maybe. But that doesn't mean they are not going to do everything they can to pin it all on me. But what if you were allergic to cats, my brother? They could have chucked this kitten in your lap and then, just like that, you break out in a hell's a big rash. I don't scheme that would have looked liquor in an underwear ad. A true story, my bra. And I actually am allergic to cats. I mean, I don't get a rash or anything. But those things make me sneeze like it's going out of fashion. Well, there's your airtight defense, my bro. If the Bonhomme chaps give you any more hassles, you just get a doctor's letter stating in no uncertain terms you're allergic to cats. Never mind the defense. You and Mel should counter-sue those muchos and take them to the cleaners. Whoa. There's an idea. I should give Mel a call and suggest that. She's so mad at Samantha right now, she'll be totally up for it. Mm, yes, but uh, going to court is a messy and expensive business, sailors. Even though there's a good chance you'd win, my suggestion would be to give it careful thought before considering taking any kind of action. Yeah, sure. But I do think Quentin's onto something with us suing them. They do owe us. And maybe this way, Mel and I won't lose out altogether in this whole chamorse of a deal. So, after Tapelo found the very last cow and got it back home to the crawl, he went back to his grandfather and said, 
Tata, I found all the missing cows and I brought them all back home. And his grandfather was pleased and said, Mmm, Tapelo, you were very naughty to fall asleep under the olive tree. I know, Tata, said Tapelo. And if you hadn't fallen asleep, none of the cows would have wandered off into the hills. I know, Tata, I'm sorry. But now you've found them all again. Maybe you'll remember this day. And every time I ask you to watch the cattle in future, you'll stay wide awake. I will, Tata. Okay, Tapelo, you can have your bicycle back now and make sure you ride home quickly and safely. Thank you, Tata. I will, Tata. And Tapelo got onto his bike and <laughs> he loved that bike so much. And he was so glad that he found all the cattle and his grandfather wasn't going to keep his bike forever and ever. And he rode home quick, quick, one time. His bicycle wheels were going tick, 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 all along the road. And with each tick, tick, Tapelo was promising himself that no matter how nice it was in the shade of the olive tree or how sleepy he felt, if he was watching the kettle, he would never, ever fall asleep again. Yo, Uncle Shorty, that was the best, best story. I'm so glad Tapelo found all the cows and I was very worried that one of them was going to be missing and Tata would be very cross. Oh, that was a very good story, Shoot. And you told it so well. Uh, well, you know, ma, <laughs> me, Shoti Sibia, I can must tell a story. <laughs> uh, that's true, Shoti. Telling a story is the thing that you are best at. Yeah, besides driving a taxi or playing soccer or singing songs. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Rubes. Uh, and also we mustn't forget my many other talents. Except. Oh, Shoti <laughs> Sometimes you are too, too much. <laughs> Why does Uncle Shoti tell me stories out of his head and everyone else reads me stories out of books? Uh, that's because I am very lucky, Bong. My own father, Ubab Jacob, told me many stories and I store them all in my head. So now I can tell them to you. I'm going to ask everyone to tell me stories like you do, with all the voices and the sounds and looking at me the whole time. Yeah, my stories are all from long, long ago. And the only way to tell them is from my head, which is what makes them good. But uh, not all stories are stories from the head. Some are from books. Yes, but the book stories I can read myself. I can't read other people's head stories. <laughs> but not everyone can tell stories out of their heads, Bongi. So then they have to read them from books. But everybody has stories inside their heads. Oh, who told you that? Oh, Uncle Short. No, I just know. Well, everybody might have stories somewhere in their head, but they can't always get at them to tell them properly. Or if they do know where or what they are, they don't know how to tell them in an interesting way. Mm, or even in a way that makes sense. But for Shorty, it's just like turning on a tap. All the words for the stories just come pouring out. <laughs> As for me, well, I have stories in my head, but the tap is really rusty and stiff and I can't seem to turn it on. Oh, that's such a good way of putting it, Ruben. Now, songs, uh, uh, songs I can remember easily and sing them well. But when it comes to stories, oh, but... I forget the way they go, so there are all these gaps along the way, and they come out like a... Like, a like little drips of water from a stiff old tap. Oh, Ruben, stiff maybe, but old. 
But Bongi, you mustn't worry, Xe. I can be your out-of-the-head storyteller and everybody else can read you all the exciting news stories from this big pile of books you've got here by your bed. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, folks, better get going. I'm due at VUCA shortly and Innocence wants to pop in at Carla's on the way. Ish, yeah, I, I must mission too, Xe. <laughs> My taxi passengers will be waiting, Moss. I'll see you this evening, Bongi, my darling. Make sure you do some sleeping as well as reading. Yeah, Mom. Oh, your body needs rest, my child. I know. I can't wait till I can go home. I'm counting the days. <laughs> Have you crossed today off already? No, I can't cross it off so early. I can only cross the day off just before the lights go out at night time. Oh, that's the best way, my sweetheart. The day only really ends just as you're going to sleep, not a minute before. I didn't realize you were here. Hey, Pratok, I'm just having a look at the treadmill. Am I in your way? Oh, not at all. I'm actually looking for Harold, but I'm delighted you're trying to get the old machine working again. Ah, no problem. Uh, Salah said it was broken, that you guys were going to check it out if it wasn't fixable. I thought I'd better take a look to see where the damage is. Oh, wonderful. Well, uh, just give me a shout if you need any assistance. I saw Mr. Whitfield in the reception when I came in. He was on his way to the doctor. Oh, dear. I hope he's all right. No, he didn't look sick. I think he was just going to pick something up. Oh, hey, look, Pratok. Uh. The light just came on. Oh, it works. Must have been a loose connection or something. Because all I did was tighten some screws. Oh, silly. And all the time we thought it was a major fault. <laughs> if Keith was here, he would be laughing at us big time. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> if Gift was still here, he would have had it fixed months ago. <laughs> All set for going on air, Doc? Yeah, though I'm a little confused by your show content today, Mel. Migration? What's confusing you? I thought you were talking about rural-urban migration, which initially seemed to me more of a current affairs topic than fast and fashions. But now I think I misunderstood and that you and I mean different things by the term migration. Well, sort of. I'm looking more at people with what you would call itchy feet. Itchy feet as in, let me get out of here? Yes. I'm looking at middle-income bracket individuals who move from one city to another fairly regularly. I see. So you're actually talking about urban-to-urban migration and its popularity among the middle classes. Toadstock, babes. I got inspired by this article I read on how there's this trend in certain countries for people to move around fairly regularly. New Zealanders were at the top of the pack-up-and-go list. New Zealanders? Yep. Over a five-year period, 26% of all New Zealanders will move to a different city. That's over a quarter of the population relocating. I know. And the USA is close behind at 24%, and then Finland, then Norway. So all fairly well-off countries then? Mm, Yes, it's definitely a phenomenon in countries where a larger proportion of the population is wealthy. Not such a trend in developing countries. No, I mentioned that in developing countries there's more of the kind of migration I was talking about. Yes, totes! Well, this is very intriguing, Melissa, and makes me think that I should do a current affairs companion piece on migration in South Africa. How many poorer people are moving to the cities from the country in the hope of jobs? Yes, but also how many people are moving between 
cities in various income brackets. I think that makes for a fab show, Doc. Yes, I could do a comparison with your stats on what's happening elsewhere in the world. And you could compare what's happening amongst different economic groups in our country. I'll look into it, but uh, I'm just amazed that so many people in countries like uh, New Zealand and America wanting to move around so much. Me too. I'm trying to work out what exactly makes people with lots of money want to move around as much as they do. Is it only a matter of being bored and thinking the grass is green on the other side? Or is it about increasing mobility and a faster pace of life with globalization and off-the-charts developments in technology? You chaps must take care while I'm gone and keep the buzz going here at Bra Bruce, huh? Oh, no problem, Mr. WhatsApp. We take that duty very seriously. When are you leaving, Mr. Watakananda? I'll fly tomorrow, Woosie, late afternoon. Hey, Mr. What What? You must have a first class time in the far, far east, I say. Hey, my short bra. I think it's very funny that just as Denton gets back from his time in your old Europe, Brickilata and I are getting up to the other side of the world. <laughs> Everyone is coming and going except for us. Ah, you feeling left out, quick sticks, my brother. Hey, hey. <laughs> Nothing stopping you from getting away, Quint. Wasn't Meg just offering you a cushy job driving tourists around the game farm? Yeah, brah. But I can't somehow drop my life and take off. I've got regular passengers relying on me, and, and so does Shorty. Yeah, we've got commitments, Xe. But the trip I really want to take is to Brazil in 2014 to see my in the World Cup again. We still have to qualify, brah. Don't jump the gun. Well, we will qualify, Munna. We have to qualify. Hey, my short brother. When are you bringing up the World Cup? Vanessa and I are just discussing it, and he's already planning the trip to Brazil. If, uh, when, Bafana Bafana get through, we have to go, Mr. Watwat. Shorty bra, you are dreaming if you actually think you can go to Brazil for the World Cup. And it's good to dream, Vus, my brother. Without dreams, life is not worth living, except. And I have to confess, I was a wee bit excited on my way over here. Uh, excited for what? Uh, what's happening? What don't I know? No, nothing's happening. I was excited to talk to you lads. About what? Hey, <laughs> Meg, have you got some grand business opportunity lined up for us, XA? Are we going to be making moolah? No, no, it's not that. I want to hear all about how it's going at the taxi rank. Have conditions improved? Hey, Schmeckmeck. Jeez, bra, is that all you wanted to know about? I thought it was something exciting. Well, it is exciting. It's the law being exercised and drug gangs being put in their place. Yeah, but still, I, I thought you had a business proposition for us. I offered you work just the other day, Shorty, driving around Steve Guthrie's game farm. And what hey, shh, shh, let's not talk about that again. You turned me down. Uh, just drop it, Schmeckmeck. But why? Because when a brother says no, he means no. Things at the taxi rank are better, Mac. Are those skellums leaving all of you alone? <laughs> Skellum! Yeah, nice one, Mac. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Those Gebengus know that they'll be zapped if they come anywhere near the place. That's what CCTV cameras will do for you. Scare those criminals off one time. Uh, the Fresta also has a team working with him. Are they any good? He says he has a number one plainclothes cop on the case. Calvin Stoffels. Uh, that guy's your China hair quick sticks. I wouldn't go that far. He bumped heads once or twice. How'd you know him? Uh, Calvin wasn't always my China Mac. In fact, there was a time when he was my mortal enemy. Yeah, when you were still as Gebengu yourself. Those <laughs> were the days when I was still heavy into my drug pluck. 
I was on a one-way trip straight to disaster. And this man? Now, Stoffels was the guy who nabbed me. It was thanks to Calvin that I had my son in rehab and did all those hours of community service so I could get my head right. You didn't go to jail, Mona. No, he helped me stay out of jail. It would have been a fat one, that sentence, if it weren't for Calvin. That sounds like you owe him a lot. I owe him my life, brah. We're lucky to have him at the taxi rank. If anyone knows how to crack a drug ring and bring the kingpins down, it's Cowboy Cal. Uh, sounds like the right brother for the job. Yeah, as a cop in plain clothes, no one sees him coming. You would have never known that he packs heat, that guy. <laughs> yeah, it's true. He looks so normal in plain clothes. You would never say he was a policeman just looking at him. Not like the first time. <laughs> he looks like the law the moment you set eyes on the brother. I'd like to meet this Calvin fellow. Yeah, he's a busy guy. I think I might have some business for him. Yeah, okay. Yeah, now I see. Huh? You sit here and pick our brains for information, and then you give another China business instead of me, your old friend. You cannot help me with what I need, Shorty. Try me. I want to ask him if he could set up a CCTV cameras at Brabrus when Anil and Vanessa and I take ownership of the club. Now he can sort you out. Yeah, okay, I can't help you. Set up a meeting for me, Quint Lad. I'll talk to him then. Uh, gents, I wonder if Mr. Watwat and Mrs. Watwat have arrived in Japan yet. Oh, I doubt it. The flight from South Africa to Japan is close on 18 hours. Yo, Mac Mac, are you serious? <laughs> it's basically on the other side of the world, Shorty. So they're still up there in the sky in that aeroplane? Aye. I think I would have lost my mind by now. I can't imagine sitting one spot for that long, Muna. Hey, you sit in your taxi all day. Yeah, Mara, I can get out whenever I want to. If Mr. Watwat wants to get out, what does he do? He canna. Where would he go? Ah, no ways. Thinking of that makes my brain all shatter. Were they excited at the airport? <laughs> they were so funny. Uh, Mrs. Watwat kept asking Mr. Watwat if he had everything. Have you got this? Have you got that? And he was getting so tired of it. Well, he's so organized. He probably had all his stuff and knew exactly where it was all packed. No, he forgot his toothbrush, his spare glasses and his hot pills. Oh, dear. <laughs> he must have been wishing he'd stayed at home. Uh, it was okay in the end. They managed to sort it all out. Mr. Watwood called me as they were getting on the plane. They bought everything they needed at the airport. Uh, thank goodness our Tambo is so jacked, eh? Yeah, otherwise the Watwats could never have sat on such a long flight chilling like shilled chocolates, except. <laughs> completely schlossed out on the trip. If you're asking me if I got tired of dragging myself through castles, then yes, I did. Uh, well, did you see what I did there? Huh? <laughs> With the German jargon. <laughs> yes, very impressive, Ruben. Yeah, I thought so. Oh, Mr. Fatakles, you're so lucky. I wish I could go to all the places you were in and see those giant castles. That's all I had while you were away, Danton. How jealous everyone was of you. Innocence, if I never see another flaming castle ever again, that's fine by me. Oh, no, I more. She didn't enjoy herself. Oh, the trip was glorious. Cruising down the Rhine and eating the most heavenly food known to man and drinking fine wines, all heavenly. Dame Helen Rollinson Smythe knows how to spoil a boy, but she also loves her sightseeing, and sometimes it became a bit much. Oh, well, you can tell Ubongi all about it. A good idea. Instead of reading to her, perhaps. What are you talking about now, exactly? Well, Mr. Watakananda has put up a list of people who are going to read to Ubongi while she's recovering. Maybe you can put your name down. I'm not sure that Bongi would want an old fossil like me reading to her. 
I'm an old fossil and I'm ready to hear. The more the merrier. Mm, she wants to hear different voices. And telling her stories about your trip is a wonderful idea. Oh, she's going to be in bed for a while and she's going to get so bored. It might be weeks before she can go back to school. Oh, we'll also have to find a way for her to keep up with her schoolwork. Morning. Oh, Morning. Morning, Harold. Harold, we were just talking about Bongi. Are you going to read to her, Mr. Whitfield? I'm sure I can make the time to do that. Oh, she's going to be so excited. How's Veronica? Where's Veronica? Oh, uh, she won't be in today. She just got back and she's taking it easy today. She, she needs to get back into the swing of things at home. Well, I managed to make it here and I've been on the other side of the world. Uh, it's and... fine, Harold, really. At Denton's bank, there's no need for her to... Oh, anyone else to stress, right, Denton? <sighs> right, right. Uh, I have some work to do. See you in the studio, Denton. Oh, Mr. Whitfield, it must be so good to have Faith home. I don't know who was happier, me or her. When she saw me, she threw her arms around me and squeezed so hard I felt she'd never let go. <laughs> and V? Is she all right? Yes, yes, yes. She's, she's fine. Sorry, 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 sorry I'm late. Oh, Dee! Mel, darling! Oh, it is so tight, amazing to see you, babe! Oh, sorry. I would have been here earlier, but I was at the attorney seeing him about this modelling debacle with Silas. And Bernie can just talk and talk and talk. Good to see you too. I hear that people are clamouring for your return to the stage after your triumphant portrayal of Katerina in the shrew. Oh, my actual oath! Who told you that? Uh, she was very good. Huh? Oh, you were, Miss Melissa. Uh, don't you have something to add, Harry? Far Douglas, dear boy, I believe you're needed in studio. It's good to have you back in the control room, Denton. Thank you, Doc. Uh, Ruben was a very good stand-in. Well, if you want to make him a permanent feature, that's fine by me. <laughs> now, don't get all nose out of joint. That's not what I'm suggesting at all. I'm not, but it is good to know one isn't irreplaceable. It keeps one on one's toes. We did miss you. I see today we're talking health. A good news story. Oh, yes? We heard recently from the health minister that uh, free vaccinations against the papillomavirus will soon be available countrywide. Right, and the papillomavirus is... Is the cause of nearly all cases of cervical cancer. Ah, right. Cervical cancer is one of the leading killers of women in South Africa. Uh, do we have any figures? Around uh, 6,000 women contract the disease every year. So will all women be able to get the vaccination? Aaron Mutsuleli says that uh, government intends uh, administering the three required dosages of the HPV vaccination to 520,000 girls over a six-month period. How old are these girls? Well, between 9 and 11. And government is going to pay for this? Yes. They're going to negotiate with the pharmaceutical companies to reduce the cost of the doses for the sake of national interest. Doc, this is fantastic news. Isn't it? It sends out such a powerful message about how we should be valuing our girl children. Absolutely. But can't boys be vaccinated too? I've heard that men also suffer from cancers linked to HPV. Oh, I think the health minister wants to take one step at a time with us. Oh, no, 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 sure. For the moment, uh, this is the plan. A larger rollout of the vaccine may happen further down the line, but for now, we must be thankful that our women are being looked after.
down. But Vee, I just want one last look. She's sleeping. What if you wake her up? I won't. She sleeps beautifully. How is me going in to look at her going to wake her up? Because I know you. You haven't been able to put her down since we got back. And I know you're going to go in there and take one look at her and pick her up. Well, I can't help it. I missed her so much and she's grown. She's grown so much in the last three weeks. I feel if I'm away from her for even a minute, I'm going to miss out on more. <laughs> Stop exaggerating. I'm not. <laughs> How could she have grown so much in such a short period of well, time? Babies do. They grow. Well, she looks exactly the same to me. Yes, well, that's because you were with her for the last three weeks. I wasn't. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, darling. I know you missed her, Harold. I really did. I just needed some space. I know. I didn't mean for you, for Faith... I, I, I didn't mean to take you away from each other. I missed you too, you know. Oh, Harold, I... I... Well, I, I need to speak to you. It's, it's important. What is it? It's, uh... It's a confession. I have a confession to make. You do? Oh. I don't know how to tell you this. Well, V, it's okay. Whatever it is, you can tell me. Because I'm mortified, Harold. Truly, I am. Just, 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 just tell me what it is. Something happened... Something happened while I was away. Something happened with me, too. It did? What? What happened? Oh, I'm so relieved, V. You have a confession and I have a confession. I, I don't feel so bad now. Oh, blast it. Leave it. It could be important. Doesn't matter. It's late, V. People wouldn't call it this hour if it wasn't important. We're in the middle of a... It's Doc. <sighs> Answer it. Mm. Hello? Harold, you need to come quickly. That's my one with the froth. Uh, is it all burnt? I don't think so. No, 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 not your coffee for crying out loud. The station. Oh, <laughs> it's not, thank goodness. But there was a fire. Yeah, next door. Building next to Voka. Oh, thank goodness for that. We all thought it was the station. Initially, Doc phoned Harold in an absolute state. Naturally, Harold rushes off and doesn't come back for hours. I started to think he'd been crushed by a burning beam or something. Oh, you poor thing. Did you go and look for him? No. In my experience, whenever you're convinced someone is trapped under a burning beam, they aren't. But when they're in mortal danger, you're shopping and wondering what to have for lunch. <laughs> uh, but it was touch and go there, Xe. Yeah, disco inferno. No, but wait, so what actually happened? You lads were there. Yeah, Shorty told me what was going down. Uh, Doc called me to come help because a security guard saw smoke coming out of what he thought was the station. Then he called the fire department and they called Doc. Then all the VUCAs pitched up. Except the women. We were all at home applying lipstick and wondering why we ever got the vote. Oh, V, someone had to stay at home and look after it with Bam. <laughs> I know, I was teasing. <laughs> and Mel was at the movie and Innocence wanted to come, but Ruben said she should rest because she's been so stressed with Bongi and that. So, was there any fire damage? Uh-uh. None? Zero. Well, that was lucky. But then, if there was no fire, what was Harold doing there for three hours? Good question. Uh, damping down the roof with us. Did they allow you to do that? I thought all surrounding buildings were evacuated during a fire. Oh, well, it wasn't that big. Eh? It means that it was under control by the time we got there. So, you're telling me there was no fire at Buka, and the fire next door was under control by the time you got there, but you spent hours wetting the roof in case it caught fire? Yeah. Okay. 
Well, this morning it doesn't seem so smart, but last night it was hectic with the fire trucks, the wind could have changed or whatever. It felt like anything could happen. Anything could happen, for sure. Also, Braddock's a scaredy cat when he's in that lead the world to safety mood, eh? And also, it's Volcamos. It's pride and joy. <laughs> Gosh, I just remembered Ruben's sister's place. It's like he's being followed by fires. Ah, that's what he said. But at least Voga didn't bend down, and the only thing left of the fire is the smell of bent socks. What do you mean? Station smells like bent socks. Didn't you smell it last night? Charming. Why? Does the building next door stop clothing? Nah, there's just a bent sock smell everywhere. Man, what is this burnt socks thing, huh? When have you smelled burnt socks? Lots of times. Oh, morning, morning, everybody. Hey, ma. Oh, man, I'm so tired from all the excitement last night. Uh, but you weren't even there. Mm, I couldn't sleep till Ruben phoned and told me the whole story. Uh, then I couldn't sleep wondering if the fire's properly put out and worrying that it would start up all over again. Oh, innocence. Uh, have a coffee. Did Boosie also go out firefighting last night? Uh, no, no. He's gone back to the academy. Has he? Oh, I'm sorry I missed him. Oh, uh, usually, I don't feel too bad about him going. But this time, with Ubongi coming out of hospital, oh, it would have been nice to have him around for a bit longer. Don't worry. We'll all help out with Bongi. Yeah, for sure. You can count on us, Ma. We fight fires and we look after kids one time, except... <laughs> You look so tanned and Germanic. <laughs> Thank you, I think. And are you happy to be back? Jawohl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is this new? Oh, the waistcoat. Do you like it? Dame Helen bought it for me. Hmm. Come, let's go through. The tea's ready. You don't actually call her Dame Helen to her face, do you? Well, sometimes. Denton, that is too provincial. <laughs> oh, there's irony in it somewhere. Is there? <laughs> I loathe titles. They must buzz off back to the Middle Ages, all these dames and sirs and whoever's. Uh, I thought you said your great-uncle was a sir. Mm, yes, well, that was before anyone understood the perils of empire. Oh, there's no excuse nowadays. It's just unfashionable and déclassé. I'd hardly call titles déclassé, sugar. I would. Oh, no, thanks. This Dame Helen sounds to me like someone She's who really... She's lovely. The two of you would get on like a house on fire. I doubt it. But tell me about the plants. You mentioned the ficus having a bit of a turn. Heavens, yes, the Benjamina. And they're usually such hardy little things. My brother kept one in his cupboard for a whole month and it came out smiling. But your chap is very sensitive, I must say. I angled his pot slightly towards the door and he started dropping leaves like there was no tomorrow. <laughs> ah, yes, he does that. Anyway, I moved him back to his original angle and he's thriving again. Wonderful. And thank you so much for looking after everything. Very kind of you. Denton, you know it's only a pleasure. Right. See? Thanks. <laughs> and the shrew. I nearly forgot. I heard from Harold and Mel. Not a glitch or a gaff or a grumble. Everything went perfectly. I am so glad. I just wished you'd been there to see how much it improved. Every night was better than the last. Oh, it was magic. Oh, don't tell me you watched every night. Of course. Someone had to keep an eye on the rhyming couplets. <laughs> Thank you a thousand times. You're an absolute star. Darling, only because I am reflecting your light. Oh, stop it. Drink your tea. <laughs> <laughs> A breakthrough that could change the lives of everyone who believes that grey is the ultimate future of their hair.
Researchers in the Netherlands, Germany, and the UK have made a breakthrough that suggests that unwanted grey hair may soon be a thing of the past. Apparently, people who go grey develop what's called massive epidermal oxidative stress through the accumulation of hydrogen peroxide in the hair follicle. This makes the hair bleach itself from the inside out. To combat this, scientists have developed a treatment described as a topical sunlight-activated compound made into a modified pseudocatalase. Now, I really have no idea what any of that means, but if it means that those grey hairs that have started appearing at my temples can be stopped, then I don't care. Bring me the pseudocatalase, I say. What do you think? Would you like to stay the colour you are into your 90s? Or do you think greying is the graceful way to age? I'll be taking your calls after the break. Stay with VUCA. And you dear. Thanks. That sounded like a lot of gobbledygook to me. Well, it probably is, but as a dedicated fashionista, I've got to get the info out there. So you don't think this anti-graying stuff is real? Oh, yeah, I'm sure it is. Scientists say it'll be available one day. When? When we get flying cars. Why, Doc? You hating on your greys? Not at all. I like them. <laughs> you would. Grey makes men distinguished. It makes women old. That's not true. Well, maybe not, but it's a commonly held belief. Well, why don't you challenge that belief? I so would, but I've got like two grey hairs. I can't fly the flag for the blue hairs if I've hardly got any. And when I get more, there'll be pseudo-mayonnaise to keep me colourful. <laughs> pseudo kettle Oh, whatever. <laughs> Really, Melissa, I'm fine standing. Babe, we're having a meeting. I can't discuss lawyers' letters when I'm staring up at you. Yeah, well, I can't sit on those weird chairs of yours. The bind the front catches on my feet, and then it feels like the whole thing is going to collapse. It won't. I've got a bad history with folding chairs. I swear they won't fold when you're sitting down. I'll stand. Sigh, please, man. You can't have issues with cats and now folding chairs. I mean, no what? Are you going to start freaking out about pencils I next? thought you were on my side in this thing, Mal. I am, and I want to talk about this letter from the... The bon people, so let's get going. Okay, fine. <sighs> Lawyer's letter. Hit me. So, they say they're sending us the bill for the studio time, the stylists, lighting guys, and the photographer. Yo. And they say we're legally bound to pay it. Well, listen to this. I got a letter from my doctor stating that I'm highly allergic to cats. Stunning. So then we have the evidence, and we've got the contractual evidence that they didn't inform me about the cat beforehand. And if they had informed you, you'd have refused the gig on health grounds. Exactly. Great. Okay. Well, uh, I'll need the letter to give to our attorney in case this goes to court. Court? I don't want to go anywhere near court, Mel. Don't worry. I've got a brilliant attorney. We had a little fling a couple of years back. <laughs> anyway, his name's Bernard Schwartz. He's a doll. And he's going to hit Samantha and her people so hard, they'll be totally broken. I don't know if I like the sound of that. Bernie might even countersue. And whoa, 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 Mel. We don't want to get into countersuing. Let's let Bernie be the judge of what we want. <sighs> so how much is this Bernie doll going to cost us? Don't worry about that, babes. All you need to think about is teamwork and knocking them dead. Knocking them dead, right. Oh, yay! Legal battles are fab. Let's have a drink. And then there was the fire. Hmm, the fire. And we were interrupted. Interrupted, yes. Harold, do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes. Then why do you keep repeating everything I say? Repeating? Am I? Uh, I mean, sorry. No, go on. I know exactly what we're talking about. You said you had a confession to make. 
And then you said you also had something to confess to me. I did. Yes. So are you going to say anything? Oh, I was waiting for you to. Oh. But I can... I no, can... no, I... No, it's just you... I'm very sorry. For what? What I'm about to say. Oh. Well, When I, I was at Hazyview, I was feeling very low and dispirited and really disconnected from my life with you and what I was supposed to be doing, and there was this farmer there... A very nice farmery type man. Not too nice, just in a jolly, healthy sort of way. And he, he, he comforted me in some, in some way. Comforted you? Yes. Well, what the hell does that mean? It means, it means that... He knitted you a blanket? He kissed me. A, f a, f a farmer kissed you? A nice farmer. He meant well. well. What did you mean? I, I don't know. Well, did you kiss him back? I don't know. You do? I didn't push him away, but you, I didn't You, you mean you just sat there like a 13-year-old on a... How on do a... you know how a 13-year-old kisses? From my memory of being 13! All right, I kissed him back. Oh. But that's all that happened. Well, I... I don't know what to say. About... About me? Or about your confession? Both. I... I, I, don't, I don't know... You have to say yours now, Harold. Why are you looking at me like that? Because you do. Say it. Say what? I don't... I wasn't... I, it I was don't... Melissa, wasn't it? What do you mean? I mean, It she... was her! I know it. What happened between you, Harold? Innie, that is just off the hook stand, babe. Are you totally jazzed? Uh, she's been in that hospital for too long. Just too long now. It's good that she's coming home. Oh, yay, 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 my angel. <gasps> and Bongi must be over the moon. Oh, yes, she's mm -hmm. very excited. But she won't be able to move around a lot because of her leg injury. Oh, no, I mean arms. But at least she'll be in her own bed, surrounded by her own things. Oh, that's fantastic. And the doctors are very happy with her coming home. <laughs> she's a little soldier. A fierce little brilliant soldier. Oh, I can't wait to cook her proper meal. Oh, hospital food is just the most insane fail. Yes. Oh, dear. What's wrong, babe? No, it's nothing. Oh, it doesn't seem like nothing. Your chi was radiating sunshine like three seconds ago, and then all of a sudden it just clouded over. That's not nothing. It's just... I have a problem. Okay. I can't leave Ubongi alone at home all day. I have to go to work and Vuz is back at the academy. She needs someone with her. Ooh, yes. Okay. That is a toughie. And she needs to keep up with her schoolwork. Mm. How can a little girl like that do all that by herself? Well, she can't, hun. I don't know what to do. Well, I think you need to take some time off from Vuka and Carla's and be at home to help her. I suppose so. Mm. I know, it's hard. I'm sorry, Inni. I don't mind being with Umong. It's just taking time off work isn't the best thing. It'll just be for a while. Maybe you won't have to do it every day. Oh, I wish Vuzu was still here. He would have been such a big help. Morning. Oh, Miss V. Oh, V. You're back. How's it? Oh, it's so good to see you. You too, Innocent. Oh, are you fine? Yes, I think so. Yes. And Faith? She's perfect. Oh, Mr. Whitfield must be so happy to have you home. Yes, he is. He missed the baby. Oh, Miss V, it's good to see you. But it took you so long to come back. Eh? I didn't know if you would. I know. And Mr. Whitfield was missing little Faith so much. I know, Innocence. I know. I really didn't mean to stay in Hazyview for so long. Things just, well, they are what they are. 
I'm back now and everything is okay. Really? Are they okay? Yes. I had time to rest and think about things, and I think they're okay. Oh, Stan. Oh, ask you, Sibandu ladies. I have to go and check on things in the kitchen. But I just got here. I'll be back just now. Oh, Sandy, please, Walter, come and see me in the kitchen. We need to start making the soup. So? So? I wonder when Shorty and Mac will be here. Yes. Because, I mean, either we're early or they're late, and I don't think we're that early. Do you? Oh, and you know that Anil and Pretty Lata are in Japan at the moment. Isn't that fierce? In, in Tokyo. I, I imagine Tokyo is off the charts, hey? I think it's the place I most want to go, after Monica of. I, I bet you can just smell the money oozing out of the paws of those people cruising there on their yachts on the med. We need to talk, Melissa. Oh, we do? What do you want to talk about? You and my husband. Hmm, I, I see. I want to know, in your own words, what, if anything, happened between you and Harold during the run of Shrew. Oh, well, that's easy. Absolutely nothing. Then what happened after the run while I was away? Melissa? V, babe, you're looking so well and rested, and what I don't want to... What happened? Well, I, I, um... Don't you think you should be asking Harry about this? Don't avoid the question, Melissa. And don't you dare lie to me. Harold told me everything. What do you mean? I mean, I know what happened between the two of you. Everything? Harold confessed to me last night. He told you what happened? Everything. Fee! I, I, I mean, I, I don't know what to say. It, it must have been because of the play. We, we kind of got close during Shrew, and then you were there, and Harry was just totally lonely and sad and depressed, and, 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 and one thing sort of led to another. I mean, I, mean, I didn't plan on sleeping with him, but it just what? happened. And you I... slept together? Well, I thought you... I didn't just knew it. You were after my husband all these years. Oh, no, no, no. Wait, <laughs> Fee, Fee, wait. Where are you going? Oh, no. Oh, this is so bad. What's going on? Harry's going to kill me. I can't believe this is happening, Shorty. Hey, take a chill chocolate, Miss Melissa. Uh, what's happening? Uh, what's wrong with Miss V? You do not want to know. Hey, maybe I don't. Eh? I don't have a good feeling about it. Oh, Shorty, you have no idea. What I am picking up right now is that things with Miss V and Mr. Whitfield are not all peachy at the moment. Well, I don't know anything. All I know is that all marriages go through their peaks and troughs. And theirs is going through a trough right now. That's all I know. And they shouldn't use third parties to try and fix things. And they especially shouldn't blame third parties for things that may or may not have happened in the time of that trough. Not that I don't know. Not that I know anything about third parties in this instance. Because like I said, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you don't know anything. Right. Right. I don't know anything. Well, by the look on Miss V's face, she's not in a trough. She's in a great big fat donga, like the one Bongi fell into. But Miss V hasn't broken her leg. It's her heart. Oh, don't be so dramatic, Shorty. Oh, it's not dramatic. It's poetic, Moss. Hey, hey, do, do you think I should run after her and tell her to come back? No, no, babe. I think V needs some space to sort herself out. I think it would be better if we left her alone for a while.
narrative that throughout today we all focus on Youth Day. Which is on Sunday. Doc's going to focus on it on current affairs today, and I'm hoping you'll be looking at it on the sports report too, Silas. It's all taken care of, Denton. There are a bunch of events happening this weekend, and the participants will be paying tribute to the young heroes of that day in 1976. We'll also be looking at it in a roundabout way on Between the Lines, won't we, Ruben? What book are you reviewing? A Quiet Kind of Courage by Anthony Schneider. How does it fit in with Youth Day? It deals with the struggle, more specifically with events relating to the armed resistance in the 1960s. Yes, Harold wants to explore how the activism of the period around the Ravonia trial and the battle against the apartheid system ultimately led to the explosion that happened on June the 16th. Fine, good. I'm looking forward to that. Right, uh, is there anything else? V's back, of course. Ah, yes, but clearly it's too soon for her to attend morning meetings in her fragile state. Uh, Where is she, Harold? I haven't seen her here at all. I'm actually not sure. Maybe she got delayed at Carla's. She should be at work. She's taken enough time off. I'll call her now, Denton. Uh, Yes, uh, Doc Denton, uh, it seems Innocence won't be able to come in for a while. Fabulous. Why not? Uh, Is there something wrong? Uh, She needs to take some leave to look after Bongi at home. She has to help her keep up with her schoolwork while she's bedridden, uh, that kind of thing. Oh, of course, of course. Uh, we'll chat to her when she comes in today. Goodness me, it's one thing to have to take time off to look after the child, but helping her with the schoolwork, that's a big task. I was at school so long ago, I'm sure I don't remember anything. I have an idea. For Bongi? Mm. Mrs. P. Your neighbour? No ways, brah. Oh, w- w- wait, Silas. Why not? They don't even know each other. Maybe that's exactly what Bongi needs. Someone she doesn't know who can command some respect and not get emotionally involved, making sure that she keeps up with her work. But can she teach? Well, she told me a while back that she's done some teaching in her time. Uh, do you think she'd consider homeschooling Bongi? We can only ask. It's worth a shot, isn't it? And I don't want to do any more damage to this leg, so you need to make sure that you drive very carefully, Shorty. Eh, I always drive carefully. Bongi's leg is very fragile. It's broken. It's in a thick cast, Ma. I couldn't hurt it even if I wanted to. Ho, 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 ho. Do you want to? I know, Ma. Stop worrying, Ma. Hey, but I do worry. I just want you to be comfortable. That's why you, Shorty, must drive very slowly. In fact, slower than you have ever driven before in your life. Ma, I'm fine. Uncle Shorty is a very good driver. <laughs> you see. Shorty, when I... Yeah, yeah, okay. I will drive slower than I've ever driven on these streets before. I know she mustn't bump her leg. No, Shorty. Yeah? Drive fast. Hi, Mo, when i man. Ma, I want to get home and see my room and all my pictures on the wall. There is plenty of time for all of that without being silly. Uh, your mother is right. Fine. Uncle Shorty, what is that? What? Bed, why do you have that skeleton hanging there on the mirror? <laughs> no, it's not a skeleton. It's a skull and crossbones of the one and only Buccaneers, the pirates. Oh, pirates. I want to hear a pirate story. <laughs> oh, no, no, boy. You won't like Shorty's pirate stories. <laughs> hey, ma. Why not? Uh, because it won't be about sea pirates. It will be about soccer. Soccer? Uh, don't, don't listen to your mother. I can also tell olden day pirate stories. <laughs> really? <laughs> Number one. Uh, but my olden day pirates are also very good sportsmen, I just don't understand, V. You left just before me this morning and went to Carla's. You were supposed to be at work today, and then when I called you, you didn't answer the phone and... Wait, what is this? Those are suitcases. Yes, I can see that. You're leaving? Again? No, 
You're leaving. What? What on earth is going on here? Those are your suitcases, Harold. You're leaving. But, but why? I've packed some things for you. If you need anything else, let me know and I'll leave them at the station. I don't want to see you here again. No, this can't be happening. I don't understand. I've actually made it easier for you. I've packed it all. All you have to do is pick up your things and go. V, talk to me, please. What's happened? I thought we were okay. I thought... Where is this coming from? I have nothing to say to you, Harold. You've lied to me. About what? About what happened with Melissa while I was away. You spoke to Melissa? Yes. At Carla's this morning. And she told me what you should have told me last night but didn't. Because you're a lying rat. What exactly did she tell you, V? Because you know what, but you, you can't trust Melissa. She's full, she's full of nonsense. She told me that you slept with her while I was away in Hazyview with our daughter. You slept with her. V, please, just let me explain. So, she isn't lying then. Of course she isn't. Why would she? Why would anyone say that they'd done something like that when they haven't? She must know that it would ruin her reputation. Now, please, V, just stay calm. We can work through this. No, we absolutely cannot. You've proved to me that every fear I had about that woman was completely justified. No, V! Get out! What about Faith? You don't deserve to be around that baby now. Take your stuff and leave, Harold. Right now! That was another episode of Radio VUCA. With Samson Kamalo as Doc, Michael Richard as Denton, Malefi Monaisa as Shorty, Graham Hopkins as Harold, Louise St. Clair as Veronica, and Dr. Hasu and Kartlo as Innocence. Melissa is played by Shelley Meskin, Anil by Huey Lowe, Gift by Mpo Osei Tutu, Silas by Rantebeng Makapan, and Ruben by Richard van der Westhuizen. Technical production is by Karen Gravit, Neria Makwena, and Mbabi Machiba. Head writer is Paul Slabalepsi, with script editing and direction by Bruce Miller. And you can get all the latest lowdown on the show by visiting the Radio VUCA page on Facebook. And now you can listen to an omnibus edition of the week's episodes by going to YouTube and searching for Radio VUCA. <laughs>